Welcome back to another video, and it's just myself today without Preston and Chris. I hope your guys' night is going as good as mine because the Buffalo Sabres just won, and with the Sabres winning, kind of had me thinking about not only their inconsistencies all season, but also Jeff Merrick ended up bringing up a great point earlier this week. Uh, the Sabres are going to ruin Devin Levi by not sending him down to the AHL to develop. I mean, you look at guys like Ryan Miller, Carey Price, and Jonathan Quick, for example. Guess what happened with those guys? Those guys were all in the AHL for two-plus seasons, and Ryan Miller was back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, and he really didn't have long stints in the NHL. The only time he came up was because of injuries. My take on that is that, I 100% agree with them is that they're going to ruin Devin Levi if he keeps playing in the NHL. He has a 3.32 goals against average with an 889 save percentage this season. Not great numbers at all. And he only has a save percentage over 900 one time in his last five games. And he's 2-3 and three in his last five games. He's given up three plus goals for those five games. Jeff Merrick is 100% correct in the fact that you need to let goalies develop. I mean, he came straight out of college from Northeastern, hopped into the NHL, played seven games, had a pretty decent stint, in my opinion, had a goals against average of 294 and a save percentage of 905. But then you expect him to come into this season and be your number one goaltender. That's just not going to work. Then he got sent down for two games. And then I believe Eric Comrie got hurt or something like that. And they had to bring him back up. In the two games in the HL, he played absolutely phenomenal, man. He had like a save percentage over 940, whatever. The game after he ended up coming back from the AHL, he tore it up and had a phenomenal game but that's not the point though the point is that not only is this team not good enough defensively from the be up here but he also needs to develop goalies take the longest to develop when it comes to any position in hockey sending Eric Comrie down right he didn't have the greatest numbers I get you want to ride it out with Devin Levi and UPL but at some point you have to look at the bigger picture and be like, we might ruin this kid if we just keep him up here playing behind this porous defense. And his most recent start, January 9th, I was at that game. I, Me, Chris, and Preston were all at the game. Allowed five goals, had a save percentage of 808. Those are absolutely brutal numbers. And he should have saved three of the five goals that ended up going in the back of the net he had a very rough game Tuesday night his lateral quickness is absolutely ridiculous but I think sometimes at least from what I saw Tuesday night specifically there were some shots that just went right in between his glove and his pad which by all means great shots from the Seattle Kraken players because though that's really where you want to shoot for the goalie because it's the hardest for the goalie to get those not five hole not glove high blocker high etc right in between the glove and the pad. He really needs to, I, I think some teams have found the soft spot on where to shoot on Devin Levi. And he, I don't want to say he hasn't adjusted to it, but there are weaknesses for a reason, right? I 100%, I wish they would have kept him in the AHL if they really had a choice to. But then you take a look at just like the overall team. And yeah, they ended up beating the Senators earlier today. But they still only have 40 games and sorry, 40 points in 42 games. They're on an 18-20-4 record. Jeff Skinner is out week to week, which is going to be a huge blow. He is their leading goal scorer, 17 goals. However, their leading point scorer is Casey Middlestad with 35 and 42 games. Then you have Rasmus Allen with 34 points in 41 games. And after that, it's kind of a, a mere like inconsistencies between the lineup. Like Alex Suck and Dylan Cousins, for example, one night like tonight, they'll look phenomenal, and then. The next night, they'll look like they figure out how to play hockey. 
Same thing with a bunch of these other guys. Kyle Pozo still isn't back in the lineup. Owen Power one night like tonight again. He looked great. But who knows, their next game, he's probably not going to look as great as he did tonight. So it's the inconsistencies that really, really, really hurt the Buffalo Sabres. It's been a huge problem all season. It's going to continue to hurt them all season. I think that is the reason why they're not going to make the playoffs unless they put on an insane run coming here going into the middle of January into February they're not going into the playoffs I think it's wraps for them I mean Jeff Skinner goes out one of your better players on the team week to week with an upper body injury and your goaltending isn't great I mean you we just talked about Devin Levi and then you move on to UPL who is their number one I guess one a starter you can be because they kind of flip-flop between the two goalies they kind of you know ride the hot hand almost UPL is a nine an 8-2 record, but he has a 3.01 goals against and an 8.99 save percentage. Again, those numbers aren't great, but they're much better than Devin Levi's, and I think UPL, if he was either A in a backup role or B had a con- like, not saying Devin Levi's not a competent goalie, but an experienced goalie with UPL, I think this goalie tandem would be a lot better, and I kind of feel bad for Eric Comrie because I think he's a decent goalie. It's just injuries have really killed his tenure here in Buffalo, and I think he played a lot worse than what most of us, if not all of us, expected because it's a backup behind Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. In like 19 games, he had like a 9.15 or 9.20 save percentage or something around there. We kind of expected him to be better than what he has. Again, lower body injuries for goalies really kill the momentum that they carry. I mean, he had a good start at the beginning of last season, gets a lower body injury in Ottawa. Hasn't been the same since. He's just been dealing with injuries constantly ever since that game last season. So I think the goaltending has been a huge blow to this team. The defense one night looks great and the next it doesn't look great. I mean, Eric Johnson has not been great. Same with Connor Clifton. Those were the two guys that you brought in to really help this blue line. Haven't been great. Connor Clifton's on uh, two more years after this season. That is absolutely brutal unless he can get his act together fast because that contract's not looking great. Eric Johnson only came here on a one-year deal. I don't blame him for coming here on a one-year deal into the offseason. I thought the Sabres were going to be a lot better than what they are now. Plus, Eric Johnson, a great locker room presence. I just don't think it's really worked out. I mean, last season, Eric Johnson was one of the worst defensemen in the entire league, offensively and defensively as well, per analytics. I really didn't get that signing besides something to get into the locker room you look at every I mean Yoki has had a pretty good season Rasmus Sonley's had a good season offensively defensively he kind of struggles same with Owen Power Owen Power offensively has been average but defensively he hasn't been that great you're not really getting defensive consistencies from your guys on the blue line and then offensively wise one game they put up four five six plus goals next game they put up two goals it's like you can't again find the consistency between everybody on this team and Tate Thompson had two goals tonight and they were absolutely beautiful goals Paterka had a goal tonight and which was a beautiful feed by Dylan Cousins walked the defenseman passed it over to Paterka for really a tap and goal on the left wing you're seeing the potential that these guys played with last season but you just can't get it every game and I'm not expecting these guys how they play tonight to play in their next hockey game because that's just not how the Sabres season has went so far. And the funny thing about the Sabres is that they're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs, but they're also not going to be bad enough to get the number one overall pick. You feel me? They're going to probably be the seventh, eighth, or ninth overall pick if I really had to guess because this team, they're going to win games, but they're also going to lose games dumb ways. I mean, Tuesday night, they played the Seattle Kraken in Buffalo. Dominant first 10 minutes. They go up early. They're controlling the pace of play. And then the second half of the first period, Seattle Kraken start to kind of adjust and settle in. 
who, who were, by the way, coming in to Buffalo on a six-game winning streak, the Seattle Kraken were. They go into the second period, so, sorry, first intermission, up 2-1 to one after a power play goal late in the first period. And then you go into the second period. Alex Tuck from Jeff Skinner, beautiful redirection goal, right right side of the net, back door, about two minutes into the second period, maybe not even. And you're like, okay, like the Sabres went down one goal. They're still fighting here in the second. And then after that, the Seattle Kraken took over. It felt like the Sabres kind of got too complacent with the type of hockey. And Seattle Kraken really turned it up a notch. And that's the difference between good hockey teams and mediocre to below average hockey teams like the Sabres are. The Sabres, when they get down in games, they either A, they don't look motivated. They look like they don't want to be there, and they don't turn it up a notch. I don't want to say they're not physical, but they really aren't physical, and that's not really the reason why they're losing. I mean, the reason they're losing is because they're leaving. They're, one, their IQ positionally on defense is not that great, to be honest with you. It seems like they're very aggressive on the puck, which I like, but on two-on-one situations, you should not be attacking the puck. Granted, they're in the NHL for a reason. I shouldn't be speaking on that, but again, like you have to trust your goalie to make that save, and if the goalie allows a shot to go in that's on a two-on-one, like that's the goalie's fault. It's not your fault. I get it. We don't want to allow a goal no matter what, but again, the goalie has to save those shots on two-on-ones, right, when they take them. We're going to move on here to some other news, and I want to talk about a couple things here real quick, and one is the Colorado Avalanche Gabriel Landeskog is skating back on the ice. However, he still is expected to miss the rest of this NHL season, which is great news. Not that he's expected to miss it because he is the Avs captain. One of the he, he was a premier player in this league before he ended up messing up his right knee. But ever since having that cartilage replacement surgery on his right knee, he's back on the ice. And he's not anywhere close to returning to game action. However, though, I like to see this because he's a very important part to this Avs roster. Very important part to the NHL culture. And I just think this is great because it looked like he might not be able to ever play hockey again and come back into the league and he's been fighting for it for the past couple of years. Last season, he was out with it. This season, he's expected to miss the rest of the season because of it. So I just think it's great perseverance by Gabriel Landeskog. I'm really hoping to see him back on the ice by next season, I'm hoping, by maybe training camp opening day. Now, is that a stretch? That's probably a stretch. So maybe we can aim for the new year next season. I don't know how long he's expected to miss going into next season, but I'm really hoping... If all of this works out, they can get their captain back. They can get the guy who helped them win a Stanley Cup in June of 2022. So I just think this is great news. I love to hear this. And again, uh, Colorado Avalanche fans, if you guys are listening to this, I really hope your guys' captain is back on the ice by next season. That would be a blessing, a huge blessing to not only you guys, but also the NHL fans in general because he's a great hockey player to watch. So, um. I do want to talk about one other player real quick, and this literally just came off the top of my head because Jake Ensel, and I saw something earlier today, we'll probably touch on Jake Ensel a little bit more on our next episode when we have two or three of us on on uh, Monday's episode. We talked about this guy a couple episodes ago, and it's Jake Ensel of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he has 45 points in 40 games. He's 29 years old. He's on a contract year. He's going to be a UFA, and I saw something about... Maybe the Penguins are looking to trade him by the deadline, even though they're only one point out of a, out of a playoff spot the last time I checked earlier today, um, which is kind of odd. Not that they're one point out, but because they're looking, they're possibly looking to trade him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, as a hockey, I don't want to say a hockey fan, but like as a non-Pittsburgh Penguins fan, 
I if if they're competing for a playoff spot, I don't think they should trade Jake Gensel. And the reason being is because one, he's one of their best players on the team, obviously, besides maybe Sidney Crosby. Number two, like if you're competing for a playoff spot, why sell off a guy who has one year left on his contract to make a playoff push? And I get what you're getting. Oh, you'd rather get back something than nothing from him if you're going to lose him in free agency. The only way I see them trading him is if he goes to the front office and he's like, hey, like I probably don't plan on re-signing here in the offseason. Like if you want to keep me, if you want to trade me, like that's totally up to you now. If he does go to the front office and says that he doesn't really plan on resigning, then I'll expect him to get traded. Obviously, that probably won't come out that he goes to the front office, but if he gets traded, I'll expect that's what happened. I'll, I'm not going to assume anything, but I'll expect. However, that's kind of the same thing. Neither, nevertheless, though, I just think it'd be dumb for Jake Gensel to get traded. I, I, I don't think the Penguins should trade him unless they end up falling out of the playoff race and they, they're like, listen, like we're probably not going to make it. Like. I'd ship him off and then possibly resign him, come back to it in the offseason when free agency opens up in June um, or July, excuse me. Um, but at the end of the day, though, you got to it's, it's a business. And if you think you can make the playoffs, I'd 100 percent keep Jake Gensel for a run. If you guys think that you're not going to make the playoffs, I would 100% trade Jake Gensel. But again, that's up to Kyle Dubas and the rest of the Penguins front office. Penguins fans in the comments section, let me know if you guys would want to trade Jake Gensel, yes or no, because I find it really intriguing, and I'm expect expecting most Penguins fans to say not to trade Jake Gensel because he is a fan, one of the fan favorites in Pittsburgh. But that's going to end it here for today's episode. It was a little bit of a short one just because I wanted to either A, rant about the Sabres and talk about Jake Gensel and Gabriel Landeskog. But we appreciate you guys stopping by. All of our socials are down below. And, of course, we'll see you guys on Monday's episode. Have a great night.